Hello and welcome back to Jake and Benny's Backyard Football Podcast. Co-hosted by yours truly, Jake Mullet, followed by fellow co-host, Benny Salas. On this podcast, we discuss everything NFL, from the end zone to off the field. From your favorite players to upcoming stars, we're your source for high-quality football talk. In this second episode today, we'll be discussing all the latest news, injuries, week one, and our AFC predictions. As well as hot takes, so stay tuned, everybody. Wow, what an amazing week of football. We saw both blowouts and nail-biters. Now, Benny, what do you think the game of the week was? Honestly, if I could pick any game of the week, I'd probably pick the Panthers and Raiders game. It was pretty quiet to start out, but once Josh Jacobs and Christian McCaffrey started dominating, it was a fun spectacle to watch. What would you say about yours? I would probably have to say the Rams and Cowboys. Now that game, I was expecting to not be a good game. I thought it was either going to be low scoring or it's a blowout for one of the teams. But the Rams really played good in the new stadium. I think the Cowboys had a pretty good game. It really did come down to that very last play where the offensive pass interference. Now, do you think Jalen Ramsey kind of flopped or do you think it was actual pass interference? I think it was 50-50. Um, Michael Gallup was the receiver, correct? Yeah, uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, he was. Michael Gallup did have his arm extended to like kind of insinuate a push off, but I do believe Jalen kind of sold it a little bit. You know what I mean? Honestly, I think that was really good by Jalen Ramsey yeah. because, as you can see in the replay, the, the arm push off was there, but he it wasn't enough to I think like make him flop as much as he did. But I think it was just he knew that if he were to make it a lot bigger of a deal, that call would come his way. So I think that was a very smart move by Jalen Ramsey. I think that that game showed both goods and bads for each team. Maybe Jared Goff is gonna have a better season this year. Maybe this is his comeback season. But yeah, I don't know. Still too early to tell, but that's my game of the week. Real quick, back on that past interference. Now, this year they did take it out so you can't throw a challenge flag for past interference calls. But let's say it was still a rule that you can do that. You're you're the coach. Are you throwing that challenge flag? Yeah, honestly, the Cowboys, they needed something to happen right there. I think I, I definitely would have. Uh, I mean... I think it was obviously pass interference, but if there's any chance, you'd still I would, throw yeah, it. I would still throw it. I mean, they're down with little time left. They needed to make something happen. I think that was probably the best move. And the Cowboys, they were like promised to do good, bringing in Mike McCarthy as head coach, you know? And I just want to think, I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, 0 1 with Mike McCarthy. Do you think that kind of lowers the morale in the locker room, or what do you think? I think, honestly, I think it did. They're definitely on a few rough weeks, especially not having a preseason really did screw some teams over, I think, like these new teams. I think um, give them a few weeks and they'll, they'll get under control. I mean, I there's not much worse you could do than uh, Jason Garrett, so I think <laughs> anything better true. than that. We just finished talking about Game of the Week. Now we're going to Player of the Week. Who do you have for Offensive Player of the Week, Benny? For Offensive Player of the Week? I think it's a no-brainer. I got Devontae Adams. He absolutely balled out and really helped Aaron Rodgers and the rest of that Green Bay offense secure that week one win. Vontae Adams surely had an amazing game. I'm going with Russell Wilson. Man, he cooked. He definitely so, did. Letting Russell Wilson throw more is definitely the best move. He had 320-something yards, four touchdowns, and only four passing completions, and three of them were drops from his receivers. I think that, I mean, it could get better than that, but honestly, when your receivers make the mistakes, I don't think you could complain. He finished the game with a 143.3 passer rating. I think that it's a strong start for 
a potential MVP season for him. Yep. And that is close to perfect passer rating, not quite there, but it is really good. Yeah. To say the least, way above average. For my defensive player of the week, I'm on Casey Hayward, cornerback for the Chargers. He had 12 tackles and two pass deflections. That was really good. That definitely helped out the Chargers a little bit, for sure. And for my defensive player of the week, I have to go with Jamal Adams. That man racked up 12 tackles and one sack. He absolutely made a name for himself on that Seahawks defense. Oh, he definitely brought that brand new energy to that kind of fresh. Yeah, that new defense. They haven't been as dominant that as they have been, but bringing uh, Jamal Adams really showed that that trade was worth it. Yeah, he was worth the two first round picks, I think. Two Seattle. first round picks and Bradley, Mc Bradley McDougald. Yeah. Yeah, Jamal Adams was definitely worth the trade, and he showed. You think that he's going to ignite this fire for potentially another Legion of Boom? I think he's going to bring something better to the team. Him and Bobby Wagner are definitely great leaders, and I think we're on the cusp of seeing a brand new, reformed Seattle Seahawks defense. Completely agree with that. We discussed a lot about the Buccaneers and Saints game since it was a big game last week, and... I just want to ask you, Jake, how do you think the Buccaneers feel after going 0-1 and not really performing to everybody's expectations? I think they're definitely disappointing. I mean, they had this huge hype that was just surrounding their whole entire team, from Tom Brady to Gronk. They had all this, like, this hype that people expected a lot from them. And seeing them, I would say they got blown out by the Saints. They had no chance in the fourth quarter. It's, I think that they're definitely disappointed. I mean... Bruce Arians even said himself that he was disappointed in Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got to think about that. Do you think that's going to affect their relationship in the future? Um, I think it could either really affect it in a bad way or it could really help Tom Brady build more than, you know, what he's at now. Because Bill Belichick never really dug on him that hard as Bruce Arians did, you know, talking about how his interceptions really costed the game and which they did. I think this will give something for Brady to build on for now. And speaking of those costly interceptions, that first one to Mike Evans, that um, Bruce Arians did come out and say that that was on Mike Evans for reading the coverage wrong. Yeah. So Tom Brady was able to let that one slide. But that second one, that pick six, that definitely did not look good for Tom. And I hate to say it, but he kind of looked like Jameis Winston out there going two touchdowns, two interceptions, you know? <laughs> kind of did. Now, do you think the Saints did play good football? I think the Saints need to wake up a little more. They looked they looked all right. They didn't look as big of a powerhouse as they were like last year, for example. I mean, yeah, Drew Brees kind of had an off game, to be honest. But Alvin Kamara, man, he really fueled that Saints offense. He had an amazing game. I think that contract extension really boosted him. Yeah, that definitely had to have boosted his morale because he definitely carried the team. And if they didn't get that contract working out, I'm, who knows how that would have went with Kamara sitting out. Yeah, it could have been bad or would have definitely been bad. But I think both teams still, it's still week one. You can't really say how they're doing. But I think that both teams definitely need room for improvement. And we'll just have to see. We'll just have to see from there. While on the topic of the Saints, they are another fan base that I want to take a second and pour my heart out for. The Saints will be without Michael Thomas for a while. The star wide receiver will be sidelined for several weeks with a high ankle sprain, according to NFL.com's Tom Pellicero. Do you think this injury is going to cost the Saints a win or two? I think it's definitely going to impact them. I won't go as far to say it's going to cause them to be the difference in a win or a loss. 
but he does bring a lot of importance to this receiving core. Same time, he didn't really have that good of a game on Sunday. He really didn't. Yeah, he didn't really pop off like he used to. So I think that even without him for a few weeks, given the time to heal, I think Emmanuel Sanders and the rest of the receiving core will definitely step up to the job. Going back to running backs and contracts, Dalvin Cook just made bank this weekend. He signed a five-year, $63 million contract. Do you think this is a good move for both parties involved? I think it was an excellent move, especially for Dalvin Cook. You don't see a lot of running backs to get paid nowadays. And $63 million, that is definitely really nice. And for the Vikings, Dalvin Cook is a really important part of their offense. Last season, he recorded almost 1,200 yards. I think this is going to be a start of a great relationship between a great running back and a great team. I completely agree. I think both parties involved took a dub. I think that Dalvin Cook is going to have a lot of promising years with the Vikings. I think the Vikings are going to expect a lot out of him, but he's going to be able to reach his expectations. Yeah, let's just hope he doesn't get injury prone like he did his first two seasons. He showed a lot of promise in 2019, but let's just hope he's able to recover and not and stay healthy. Week one takeaways. What do you got for us, Jake? I think that Joe Burrow, even though they lost, I think he played a great game of football. I mean, he only had one touchdown and one interception. But for a rookie, I think he showed some great promise. He showed some great skills. And that two-minute drill at the end of the game, he executed that perfectly. It's just a shame to see that the kicker couldn't uphold his part. But I think that Joe Burrow showed a lot of uh, promise for his first NFL game. I think he did. I mean, yeah, one interception. But honestly, we've seen worse. I don't really want to throw Dwayne Haskins under the bus. But his first game wasn't too hot in comparison to Joe Burrow's. I think Joe Burrow shows a lot of promise. And we'll see where he goes with the Bengals from here. My week one takeaway has to be Cam Newton and the Patriots. They absolutely balled out against the Dolphins this week. I think Cam Newton is really going to electrify that New England offense. And we'll see where it goes from here. He really silenced the critics throwing 156 yards and rushing for 75 and two rushing touchdowns. What do you think about Cam Newton's performance? I think Cam Newton did great. I mean, it's just the Dolphins, but at the same time, I think that he's going to develop pretty well in New England. I do not think they're going to beat Seattle next week. I think the defense of Jamal Adams is just too much. I think that the offense, if they keep playing the rate they're playing now, they're going to just destroy the Patriots. But I think that Cam Newton is going to have a pretty good shot. I think that throughout the season, he's going to definitely show that he's still an NFL quarterback. He's still starter quality. Yeah. He's definitely made a long way, and I can't wait to see where he goes from here. I agree with you. Seahawks next week might be a little bit of a hassle, but I think he's going to show a lot of promise, and I think he's going to grow well in New England. We would like to start a new segment on this show where we talk about the weirdest stat from the previous football week. This week's is really surprising. Ben Roethlisberger, Big Ben, had more rushing yards than Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley. Big Ben had eight rushing yards, and <laughs> Saquon Barkley had six, which is just outrageous to me, because when you see Big Ben, you do not think of him as a runner. I mean, granted, it's only eight yards, but still, it's just... Yeah, there's a reason they call him Big Ben. Yeah. Fantasy owners have to be distraught about Saquon not performing that well. I'm happy he performed pretty well, or pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, that's because you were going against him. <laughs> Do you think the rest of the league is going to take notes off of what the Steelers did? The way they stacked the box against Saquon? Oh, definitely. I can see teams doing that for Barkley, Henry, McCaffrey. I can see them doing it to every single running back in the league. Do you think this might mark a decline in Saquon Barkley's performance? I wouldn't worry about it too much. I mean, he was out last season, 
for a pretty considerable amount of time. But this is his worst game, I think. He's definitely going to want to bounce back and prove next week that he's still in the top three running backs. Fantasy owners will also like to see him bounce back as well. I want to go ahead and start this week's hot take segment with my hot take. I think the Jags are slipping into the playoffs based off of their performance this week. What do you think about that? I mean, I'm against basing a team's future record off of one week. I think that Minshew did a great job. I mean, he did, no, he did a phenomenal job. But honestly, it was against the Colts. The Colts aren't a good team, really. They showed some promise two years ago, but they were just not a good team anymore. I think that uh, Gardner Minshew is a good quarterback, but not good enough to bring a team with that kind of roster to the playoffs. I think that they're going to miss the playoffs by a huge amount. I think they've got a real shot because honestly, I had them losing against the Colts and I think everybody did. I, nobody thought that the Jags were going to be as explosive as they are. I really think that they're going to be able to slip into the wild card, and I think they're going to do good. Ask me again at week five, and I might have a different answer for you. But as of now, I just don't see it happening. Now, what's your hot take for the week? So I think that for the MVP race, it's going to be super tight between Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. I think that Russell Wilson is going to come away with the MVP, though. I think that... Aaron Rodgers has a lot to prove with Jordan Love, and I just think that he's going to want to really ball out this season. I mean, last week, I know I just said that, I'm not going to base a team off of one week, but he had a phenomenal week against a top five defense last season. Just keep that in mind. I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to have an amazing season, but I just think that Russell Wilson is just going to have a better one. I think the league is finally taking notice of him. He went off on Sunday, as I said earlier. He had amazing numbers, and that was without Josh Gordon and Phil Brissett. Once they come back in, that's going to be a lethal offensive core. That's definitely going to be a crazy receiving core when they come back. Now, you really can't count out Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes as they are the last two MVP candidate, or MVP winners. And Lamar Jackson this week, he secured a 158.3 passer rating, his third of his career. The most by any quarterback is Ben Roethlisberger with five. You can't really count out Lamar Jackson. I think he's going to go off and he either repeats or I do see Russell Wilson going away with it. What do you think about Lamar's odds? At see, MVP? I think about Lamar Jackson, great, phenomenal quarterback. I mean, he played the Browns. No offense, but the Browns are, just aren't a good team. That's true. I think that once when he plays some real competition, I think that these teams that know that they're going to play him, I think they worked some stuff out so they could stop him because... You put a QB spy on him, and then that's half of his game just gone. True, if they could even match his speed and athleticism. What about Patrick Mahomes' odds at MVP? I think Mahomes is going to go off. I think he's going to have another phenomenal season. But I just think that the drive for Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson is going to be just so high. Like, I know Russell Wilson has never had an MVP vote in his life, which I think is crazy. I think it's so that dumb because yeah. Russell Wilson has been a top 10 quarterback ever since after his rookie year. I think that Russell Wilson has a lot to prove this season. I think that he's going to be able to show that he deserves that MVP vote. And I think that Aaron Rodgers also has a lot to prove that he needs to show that he still is dangerous in this NFL. Now, speaking of Russell Wilson, he's never had a losing season, am I right? Nope, most consistent quarterback in the league. I stand by that. We'll see if he can make a name for himself in the MVP race this season. The time is finally here. AFC predictions. I'd first like to address the AFC North. We got Pittsburgh Steelers, the Baltimore Ravens, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Cleveland Browns. I have at the bottom, 
the Bengals at 3-13, the Browns at 7-9, the Steelers at 10-6, and, and the Ravens at 13-3. What do you think? I think that's a pretty good list. Honestly, I wouldn't change much about it. I might put the Browns a few spots lower, mm-hmm. maybe along lines of 5-11. But besides that. that, I think that's a pretty good list. So for the AFC East, I have the Bills win- winning the division at 10-6, the Patriots at 9-7, the Dolphins at 6-10, and 10, and the Jets at 2-14. and 14. My list is pretty reminiscent of that. I have the Bills winning as well, 11-5, the Patties 9-7, Dolphins at 4-12, and 12, and Jets at 1-15. So looking pretty similar. I don't expect, I do expect the Dolphins to do a little better than they did last season. But overall, I don't think the Jets are making any noise this season. Do you think if Tua does start playing halfway through the season, he's going he's gonna to help that team out? I think so. And honestly, after Fitzmagic's performance, they need to plug him in. I think I at, do. at this point, they just need to let Tua have a shot. So for the uh, AFC West, I have the Chiefs winning the division at a 14-2 record. I think that they're a powerhouse still. I think they're going to go to the Super Bowl this season. I have the Broncos at 9-7. and seven. They showed a lot of promise on Monday Night Football. Drew Locke did a lot of stuff that I liked, but also did some stuff that is not really good for quarterbacks, obviously. But... I think he had a pretty good game. He showed some promise. Give it one or two more years and they'll be a Super Bowl contender team. I have the Raiders at 8-8 eight and eight, and I have the Chargers at 5-11. and 11. I just think the Chargers just aren't a good team. I have the same exact list except I have the Raiders and the Broncos swap. Broncos 8-8 eight and eight, and Raiders 9-7. and seven. They're both pretty similar in terms of talent. They're not really... They're close to being on the cusp of being good. Like you said, with the Broncos, Drew Locke is phenomenal. He's doing great. 216 yards and one touchdown in his first game. Phenomenal. But he does make some bad choices for quarterbacks. He did have a couple cross-body throws. And I think any other team would have been able to read that a little better and would have made a better play on that. Well, we'll just we'll see how the Broncos and the Raiders do eventually. But for now, I have them sitting at 8-8, eight 9-7. Eight, what do you think the Raiders need to do to get, to get past that threshold of 8-8? Eight and eight? Honestly, I think you need to start with an identity reform. I think they need a new quarterback. I was thinking the same thing. I think Derek Carr is not a quarterback for the Raiders. I don't even think he should be starting in the NFL. Like, I'm not trying to disrespect his game, but he's just not really fit for that he's, position. He's really bland, you know? He doesn't really, you know, he's kind of just Derek Carr. Like, he mm. gets the ball downfield, but... How many times is he going to fumble it out of the end zone? You know, he's done that like three times. But I think I think Derek Carr is solid. I think he's a solid, normal starter. But if the Raiders really want to start making some noise, I think they need to look at a different player for that position. Definitely. I'd like to go ahead and end off on the AFC South. I've got the Texans winning at 10 and 6. The Titans at a close 9 and 7. Jags at an 8 and 8. And the Colts falling short 5 and 11. I think this is going to be a really competitive division this year. Based off of how the Jags played week one, the Texans obviously being a pretty good team with Deshaun Watson and the Titans leading with Derrick Henry. There's a lot of talent in this division, and I think it could go either way. But for now, I do see the Texans leading and the Titans falling short right behind them. What do you think? So what makes you put the Titans behind the Texans? Do you think the Titans are even going to make the playoffs this season? I think they could have a shot of sneaking in if they do a really good job. If we see that how they ended last season, if we see that same team, because I didn't really see that against the Broncos. Probably not. But if they're if they bring in that energy, if they bring in that team, 
I really do think that they do have a better shot. And I do put the Texans a little higher because they do have a pretty solid offense with Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller. They've got a pretty good offense, but I think the division could go either way, to be honest. It's going to be a really competitive division for sure. Going back to the Texans, I know we spoke super highly of their receiving core last week, but man, did they disappoint. They could not get anything started on that pass game. Receivers are dropping balls left and right. I mean, I hear all these excuses from people saying, oh, they didn't have a preseason, which yes, that's true, but at the same time, you're an NFL receiver. You shouldn't be dropping those wide open passes. You, you, you had training camp. You had all this time to make sure that you, yeah, I don't know. I just don't think that the Texans live up to the expectations. I could see the Titans taking the division this year. I could just need to really get their stuff together. I can totally see that as well. I think the Texans, I think they just weren't awake for that first half, if that makes sense. They did start clicking. They did start clicking towards the end, but it obviously wasn't enough to come back and win. But like I said, I think that division can go either way. So now that we went over both AFC and NFC, and we've had a whole entire football week to watch, what do you think is is the strongest division in football? Strongest division in football? For me, I'm still going to have to stick with the NFC West. I mean, three of the four teams won this week. I know the Cardinals and 49ers played each other, but all four teams played really good football. I mean, I think that they're still going to be the most competitive division. I've seen tons of articles saying that three of the teams could sneak into the playoffs, which would be crazy because I don't think I've ever seen three teams in division go to the the playoffs. And it just makes it easier with the seven-team playoff schedule. So I think that the NFC West is still the strongest. I see the NFC South as still a really good, strong contender. But in terms of competitiveness, I am going to still say the AFC South. But in terms of talent, roster type, I do really feel the NFC South a little more because you do have that Buccaneers roster and that Saints roster again. I do hear where you're coming from with the NFC East. You know, the Seahawks, they've got a great team. The Cardinals, they're looking fresh and young. We'll the see Rams where it goes. were super surprising. Yeah. The 49ers really disappointed last week. I mean, I know they played a young, great Cardinals team, but when you come back from a Super Bowl, I know Super Bowl hangover is a huge thing that people talk about, but... I feel like if you go 13 and three, which, or was it 12 and four, uh, 12 and four last year, either or, I feel like if you go that good, you should not lose to the Cardinals. You shouldn't, you should come back and really want to show that, hey, I want to go back and I want to win. I want to make this right. And they did not really show that. The 49ers looked a little lost and it doesn't really help that Richard Sherman ends up getting placed on IR. So we'll see where the 49ers are at. I even said before, I don't think they're going to be as good. They've got a lot of holes on defense, and that really showed in the game against the Cardinals. We'll see where the 49ers can go from here. But other than that, the Rams did surprise me. Jared Goff did a lot better than I thought he did, or he would. So we'll just see where that division goes. It's a really solid division. I mean, it is only week one. Anything can happen in these next 16 weeks. So yeah, we'll see where see. it goes from there. We'd like to have another moment of silence for Broncos fans. Broncos cornerback A.J. Bouye suffered a dislocated shoulder during Monday night's loss to the Titans, as Mike Garofalo of the NFL Network tweeted yesterday. Now, the Broncos have had a huge just route of injuries recently with Vaughn Miller, Corlin Sutton, now A.J. Bouye. Yeah, the Broncos are dropping like flies, and you got to think, what is this going to have for their season? I mean, their defense is being torn apart right now, like... Losing Von Miller was huge, but losing 
AJ Bouye, which is an amazing corner. That's really going to hurt. And I don't know. They're, they're lucky that Philip Lindsay just had turf toe. Yeah, if that was another injury, who knows? The Broncos might have had to tank this season, to be honest. They clearly forgot to stretch or something. Like, I don't know. If they can if they can get some solid backups, I think they'll be fine. But for now, we'll see where it goes from here. Let's get into fantasy football stardom and sit-ems. I think for strong starts, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers against the Lions, that is a great start. Aaron Rodgers is going to go ahead and pick apart that Lions defense, and I could say the same for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. The Panthers defense, I don't think we'll have anything against Tom Brady and that receiving core. Josh Allen against the Dolphins is also a great person to start. Miami obviously isn't that good of a team. Josh Allen did amazing last week, part of the couple fumbles, but I think Josh Allen is going to be a strong starter. Another person I would start is Kyler Murray against the Washington football team. I think the Cardinals are going to do well against Washington, and I don't think Washington is going to come out this week like they did last week with the Eagles. Quarterbacks I'm removing from my lineup as well include Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield, Drew Locke, as well as Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm, I honestly would remove Jimmy Garoppolo completely. I think the Niners are focusing on the ground game more than the passing game, and Honestly, if they want to win games, I think that's the right move. In other news, this year's first year eligibles for the Hall of Fame have been announced. For quarterback, we've got the legendary Peyton Manning. Wide receivers, there's Calvin Johnson, Wes Welker, Roddy White. Tight end, we got Heath Miller, running back Steven Jackson. For the offensive linemen, we got Ferguson and Mankins. For defensive backs, we got Charles Tillman and Charles Woodson. For the line for the D linemen, we got Jared Allen, Justin Tuck, Kevin Williams. And for our linebacker, we got Jared Mayo. I think this is a pretty good Hall of Fame class, and I think Peyton Manning is definitely going in this year. And this concludes episode two of Jacob Benny's Backyard Football. Thank you for joining us this week, and make sure to tune in next week for all the latest football news. Make sure to follow all of our social medias. Our Instagram is Backyard Football Podcast, the Facebook is Jacob Benny's Backyard Football, and our Twitter is Jacob Benny's FB. This has been Jacob Benny's Backyard Football. Have a great week, everybody.